say amen. amen. I'm glad I'm saved too. James chapter number two. Let's stand together and uh, we'll look at some of these verses and ask the Lord to help us tonight. And uh, like I said, the fellowship time, that's where we're headed with the message, is exactly what just took place in this service tonight. Verse number one. He says, my brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? Ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worthy name by which ye are called? If you fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if you have respect to persons, you ever notice this? You commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. I never really realized that the word of God says that if we treat people different, it's a sin. Never even really thought about that. If you have respect to persons, ye commit sin. Wow. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. We pray, Lord, that you would meet with us tonight in a mighty way. Pray, God, that you would help us, Lord, as we stand to preach your word. God, that you would do a work in all of our hearts. Speak to us tonight through your word. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. Thank you so much for all that you've done, all that you're doing. And thank you for what you're going to do. And we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. The King James Bible uses that word as respect of persons. And what that simply means is, is if you look that word up, respect of persons, it means an acceptor of a face. It means favoritism. It means partiality. And it all pretty much has to deal with an outward appearance. An outward appearance. He says, hold not the faith that we have in Christ or we have in Jesus if we've accepted Christ as Savior. And Lord, he said, don't take that and then be a respecter of people. Uh, Accept certains and push away others. Be friendly to some, but shun others. Uh, Speak to some that walk by, but not speak to others. It's pretty much is exactly what it means, a respect of persons. Now, I notice in our Bible it says, with respect of persons, and that word persons being the plural, that means that there are various ways 
There's all kinds of different ways that you and I can treat people differently. You can say things with a smile on your face, but the words you're using is the wrong words. Uh, You can speak to someone that is sitting there, but not speak to the one sitting beside them and cause them all kinds of trouble in their mind and in their hearts. And so many times we say, ah, they don't realize it, but I do believe if we're not careful, you and I can be respecter of persons and make a distinction on people. And this distinction on people is not based on their character. This distinction on people so many times can be an outward condition. This distinction on people can be a worldly position. And this distinction on people can be the possessions that they have in their life. And it can also be just because people are different. Some person's a little bit different. Some person uh, is not real outgoing. Some people are not going to come and speak to you. Some people are going to come in and sit down or going to get up and leave. But the Bible says, whatever we do, do not be a respecter of persons because if I am and if you are, we're committing a sin. That's interesting to me. We see in verses 2 and 3, we see first a respect of persons. But in verse 2 and 3, we see an inspection that is given. I like how James gives us an inspection. Look at it with me. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, And you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, Stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. A respection that is given. That if anyone comes to your assembly, it means your church. It's exactly what it means. If anyone comes into your church, if anyone enters into your congregation, or if anyone comes to your meeting place, and you begin to look at them, and it depends on how they look, and it depends on what they wear. Verse number three is an interesting word. It says gay clothing. What does that mean? It means radiant, it means bright, it means gorgeous, it means white, it means clothing. And they have that gold ring and that goodly apparel. Whenever you are seeing someone who comes in to your assembly, your church, you say, is this our church? Yeah, this is, this is our church. This is where God has sent us to be, amen? If you go here, say Amen. Speaking to us, if we enter into our assembly, if we enter into our church and we begin to look around at how people look and we treat them differently, you know what he says? He says, you're sinning. You're sinning. It's an amazing thing to me. And then he goes on and he speaks of this poor man. This rich man or this man in all his gold rings and his goodly apparel and there also come in a poor man in vile raiment. You know what that means, vile raiment? It means cheap clothes. 
It means shabby robes. And it even means a dirty dress. They come in. And you begin to look at them differently. Then you look at the people who comes in in their nice, shiny clothing. He says, if you treat those people differently, he said, you're committing a sin. Don't treat them different. If you're with me, say amen. 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 And by that, it makes a difference where they can sit. James says it makes a difference where they can sit. He said, uh, one was asked to sit in a good place. And one was asked to stand. He said, <laughs> and, and you have respect to him that wear at the gate clothing and said to him, sit thou here in a good place and say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. In verse number three. Hmm. You can sit up here. We'll treat you a little bit different. Or you'll have to stand. Or if you are allowed to sit, you'll have to sit in a lower place. You'll have to sit below. You'll have to sit under. That word means the ground. That means a place beneath. Are you not partial in yourselves? Verse number four. That means to separate thoroughly. That means to withdraw from. That means to judge. It means to waver in who it is and what they look like and how well we know them or how well we feel around them. We begin as they come into our assembly to treat them differently. Are you not partial in yourselves and you withdraw from them? So what's the real problem here? As I was studying these verses, I studied this not just this week, but last week. So what's the real problem in this example that James is giving? I begin to think, you know, it's a natural thing to go into certain neighborhoods and feel more comfortable than you would feel in another neighborhood. Do you feel that's a natural thing? I feel it's a natural thing to be around a certain group of people, feel more comfortable around them than if you was around a different group of people. It makes you feel uncomfortable. That's a natural thing. Whether we want to admit it or not, it is a natural thing. When I go to the hospital and I'm dressed like I'm dressed now, and I walk in and I tell the person at the emergency room, I'm the pastor of Pleasant Hill Baptist Church and I'm here to see so-and-so. They will look at me and they will say, oh, so you're clergy. And they will get a different color sticker than the other colors that the family will get. They'll get a different color sticker and they'll write the room number on that different color sticker to let people know that when I am walking down the hall, I'm a pastor. And I cannot begin to count how many times 
I have been to the hospitals, how many times I have been to the surgery centers, and how many times I've sit in those waiting rooms. I can't count how many times. But I shared this several years ago. There was a time when someone in our family had really gotten messed up on some alcohol. And they called my house and they wanted to talk to me and they said, can you come pick me up? I'm on the side of Patton Avenue and I feel like I'm about to die. I have ran out of alcohol and I have drunk a bottle of lamp oil. I need you to take me to the emergency room. I had been mowing. Some of y'all will remember the story. I'd been mowing and weed eating. I was nasty. I had grass all over me, sweat all over me. And I thought to myself, I don't have time to go take a shower. I don't have time to go put on a shirt and a tie. I've got to get to the hospital with this guy and I got to get him there now. And I rode up Patton Avenue and sure enough, I saw this family member on the side of the street and I pulled over there, talked to him, got him in the car and took him to the emergency room. Well, here I am. I'm dragging him in there. I don't know if he's going to die or live. And I'm dragging him in there. And I'm like, hey, we need some help. Hey, we need some help. Well, that got some people's attention. They come over there and I said, listen, I told him the guy's name. I said, he told me he drunk a bottle of lamp oil. This man is an alcoholic and he needs some help. And he drunk a bottle of lamp oil. And they, they took him and they rolled out with him immediately. Well, I seen them nurses are talking. You know what they're doing now, don't you? They're checking me out. They'd talk and they'd look right at me. Then they'd talk and they'd look right at me. Well, here come this lady with a clipboard and she said, Sir, can we ask you a couple of questions? I said, Sure. They said, Who are you? I said, My name is Keith Watkins. I pastor Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. <laughs> and that's like, They said, How do you know this guy? I said, Well, he's such and such and such and such of the family. Okay. Got a couple more questions we want to ask you. Was you with him when he drunk the lamp oil? I said, no. How did you know? I said, he called me. Told me where he's at and I went and picked him up. Thank you, Mr. Watkins. They walked off. It wasn't five minutes later. Here comes somebody else. Got a couple questions for you. I said, all right. They said, need your name. Keith Watkins, pastor of Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. Was you with us? And you know what hit me? Joe, I actually looked worse than he did. I wasn't in bad a shape as he was in, but I looked worse than he looked. And it hit me real fast. They're judging me by what I've got on. It don't matter my words. It don't matter me that my mind is clear. It don't matter that I told them I was a pastor. It don't matter. It wouldn't have surprised me if I had to come out there and draw blood out of me. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have shocked me not one bit. And finally I said, look, 
He's in good care. I'm leaving. And I'm going back home with my family. And they just kind of looked at me like, and I left. So I know. I know that it is a natural thing for all of us to look at someone and to feel partial in our minds and our hearts by how they look. I know it is. But let us all be reminded tonight, church, when someone walks in these doors and they sit in these pews, we cannot allow what they look like or what they have on change the way we treat them. Can't let it happen. I'm not saying that it does happen. I'm not up here preaching this message like we're 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 not good at it. We're I'm not preaching this. I'm preaching this because God laid it on my heart to preach it. But it's a good reminder for all of us. The way that we fellowship tonight needs to be the same type of fellowship on a Sunday morning. In the 8.30 service, in the 11 o'clock service, in the Sunday night service, it needs to be that same kind of love, that same kind of compassion, that same kind of commitment to be able to go around, see someone that you don't know, introduce yourself to them, talk to them, and make them feel like that they're in God's house and you're God's people. Can I hear an amen on that? Make them feel like they're in God's house and we are God's people. Everyone's personality is not outgoing. Everyone tonight during fellowship time didn't get up. I get that. But there are some of you that is in this service tonight, you're really good at it. You're really good at making people feel at home. You're really good at making someone feel welcome. You're really good at it. I went down to the First Baptist Church in Spartanburg, Brother Don Wilton's church, and there's thousands of people that go there. We was going to sit down and eat lunch. And I sit down on purpose with the man that they call their connect pastor. He introduced him. This is our connect pastor. They got bunches of preachers. So I thought, you know, I could sit and eat with Don Wilton, but I got some questions for this guy. So I went over there and I said, can I eat with you? He said, sure. Introduced myself. Hey, I'm Pastor Keith. We're looking forward to the tent meeting. Realize you're the connect pastor. I said, I got a couple questions I want to ask you. I said, We've announced from the pulpit that if you're a visitor, raise your hand. I said, I had some young men in the church. After the offering went through, the piano player would play. They would walk through with visitors information. I would look out in the congregation. I would know they was visitors here. I'd never seen them before. I said, but they'd never look up. They'd never raise their hand. They'd never let anybody know that they was visiting. And we never hardly give out one packet. He started smiling. I said, then we tried something else. Prayed about it. I said, now we've got visitors information in every pew in the church. 
You know how many we've got since we put them in the pews of the church? You know how many we've got? Two of them. I said, what in the world are we doing wrong? <laughs> he said, we did all that too. And he said, not only is it not working where you pastor, it didn't work here neither. I said, what do you do? He said, we got people waiting in the parking lot when people get out of their cars. And he said, if you don't make a connection with people in the first three minutes they show up at your church property, he said, you probably ain't going to make a connection with them. And when I was studying for this message, you know what the Lord reminded me of? Just being a friendly church. Just being a friendly people. Just loving on people. Just caring about people. Just introducing yourself to people. Walking up to them and saying, hey, how you doing? I'm Ben. What's your name? I had a man one time tell me this. Made me so mad I couldn't see straight. He said, you know, we've been coming to this church for several months. We didn't know where the men and women's bathrooms was at. And I thought to myself, you don't know where a bathroom is. You ain't looking around. You know what that guy down in the First Baptist Church told me? He said, we got people comes into our church. You know what the first thing we tell them is? This is the Sunday school hall. This is where you go to worship. The men's restroom is over there. The women's restroom is over here. If you've got any questions, I'll be with you. I'll walk you up and I'll sit with you. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And I was going, huh. I have a feeling. I have a feeling who was in the 11 o'clock service during Father's Day Sunday? Raise your hand if you was in the 11 o'clock service. Did you happen to look around and see how many visitors was here? Tons. They was everywhere, Pastor Jason. People I'd never seen ever in my life. Let me ask you this, Pleasant Hill. I said, Lord, why do you want me to preach this on a Wednesday night? And this is what the Lord dealt with me about. Because those people that's going to be there on Wednesday night is the people that needs to hear it. You know what we need to do? We need to be the most friendly child of God that anyone's ever met when they enter in to this property. Now, I might be wrong, because I have been before, but I have a feeling, and I felt this for a long time, and I don't base a whole lot on feelings, but I have a feeling, Brother Steve and Miss Sandy, that God is fixing to send a harvest of people to this church, and we need to be ready when they get here. We need to be ready when they get here. It don't matter who they are. Be ready when they get here. And so many times we'll say, well, if you'll designate me to a certain area, well, I'm going to tell you where you're designated to. The property of Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. You're designated to that area. And wherever you're at, you be the one. You be the one. Reach out to people. Love on people. Care for people. Talk to people. Introduce yourself to people. Welcome them. If they have kids, talk to the kids. If they show up, show them where Sunday school is. If they have little ones, boom, 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 tell them, say, look, if you come back next Sunday, 
I'll meet you down here and I'll take you to where your kids need to be. What are their names? You know what that guy told me, Tony? He said, when they're ready for an information packet, you won't have to go to them. They'll come to you. I want to find out more about your church. Are y'all with me tonight? I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Pleasant Hill. God wants to do big things. God wants to send souls to this place. And God wants to save people right here in these services. Do you believe that? Boy, I'm telling you. I, I feel like that God wants me to preach this message so bad and the devil was fighting me so hard that my mind was so foggy, I don't even remember reading the scriptures after I prayed or before I prayed. I don't know if I even read them all. I don't know if I read verse 1 and went to verse 8. I don't know what happened. But during reading the Bible, my mind got so messed up that when I prayed and looked up, I was like, I don't even know what's going on. Sunday was a spiritual attack on my mind, Joe. Just like I was getting ready to preach at the Civic Center on salvation to 3,000 people. You know what I'm learning? I'm learning that when you start loving people and caring for people and reaching out to people, the devil don't like it. And I'm preaching this message tonight to the church. The devil don't like for us to care for people. Because if you care for people, they might just come back. And if you care for people, they might just get saved. Are you with me tonight, church? They might just get in. And they might bring their family here. They might bring their kids to Bible school. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. So it's a natural thing to feel funny around people that don't look like you or smell like you or talk like you. It's natural. But it don't change the Word of God. Is the problem here that the example that James has given? Is the problem here that if you're not careful, you'll raise up one and push down another? Is the problem, could it be that you would talk to one, but maybe not the other? But the truth is, is the truth is the truth, no matter who's hearing the truth. And the gospel is the gospel, no matter who's hearing the gospel. And if you preach on sin, it's true to all. Let me give you an example one time. This right here, this right here will make you smile. I remember when I come here and I was pastoring here for a little while and church was growing and people was getting saved. And God's very first time God had ever laid it on our hearts to, some of you will remember this, to feed the football team. How many of you was here the very first time we fed a football team? So I was like, you know what we'll do? We'll feed the football team. And we'll bring them in. The coaches brought them in the activity buses. And they filled the front of the church up. And they wore their jerseys. And, and everything was good, man. A bunch of them come to the altar. And, and, and the church 
loved on them and we took them down and we fed them and man, God blessed so much. I'm telling you, God blessed that so much. And then we did it again and then we had the athletic day and then Marshall College come and man, God blessed that. And are you with me tonight? But that very first time that we fed that football team, I never will forget what someone said to me. You ready for this? In this church, pastor, you need to be real careful. I said, what about? You need to be real careful feeding these football players. I said, why? Well, you realize that the football team that showed up wasn't North Buckle. I said, what are you saying? (laughs) They said, this ain't warrior country. This is Blackhawk country. You said, there ain't no way somebody said that to you. I ain't going to preach a lie. I said, let me tell you something. This ain't warrior country or Blackhawk country. This is Jesus country. Well, did you talk to so-and-so before you invited them? I said, no. Did you mention it to so-and-so before you invited them? I said, no. They said, well, you're going to offend a lot of people in this church. (laughs) I said, well, This ain't about warriors. This ain't about Blackhawks. This ain't about Patriots. This ain't about Rockets. And it ain't about Jaguars, whatever they are over at Asheville. Cougars. Cougars. This ain't about the Cougars. (laughs) I just heard that cheer. Cougars. It ain't about the Cougars. Amen. It ain't about Mars Hill. Western, it's about Jesus. And you say, there is no way that I would ever show respect to people. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. 